the rain came first. Between Tuesday and Thursday, parts of Wales saw 188 millimetres of rain. That's more than a month's worth. Then there was the snow. Even modest elevations of 1,000 feet, you can run into deep snow. You could quite easily get caught in your vehicle. It'd be very difficult to dig it out. It's Friday, the 22nd of July, and you're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir, and you're listening to Weathersnap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. The impacts from Storm Christoph may well extend into months, despite the fact this potent low-pressure system is now clear of the UK. Today, we hear how Christoph affected large parts of the country and created many hazards throughout the past week. First off, I talked to Chief Forecaster Paul Gunderson. So, Paul, when did you realise that this storm was going to be a bit of a beast? Well, I was on shift uh, last weekend, actually, on Saturday night, and all the ingredients were there for a spell of prolonged heavy rain and then for this storm system to then spin up through the midweek period it's a very intense temperature gradient set up so uh, that's when it became clear that it's going to be quite a disruptive event. Were there any other warning signs that you thought this could actually have huge impacts on the UK as it did? We had a very strong temperature gradient setting up because of blocking pattern over Greenland, cold air seeping southwards across the UK and warm subtropical air streaming up from the southwest and then not much moving very fast. So it's going to be there for a few days. The uncertainty was then whether they would get a depression spin up and produce uh, extra impetus to that before this feature then moved away. And that's what became Storm Christoph. So the timeline of recognising this and it actually making landfall across the UK was quite a few days so it was quite consistent regarding computer models. That's right it was a good uh, four or five days and uh, whilst obviously at that range the models weren't all exactly the same with the evolution they had a very similar range of solutions which had a spell of very wet weather somewhere across the centre of the UK northern England somewhere like that north Wales and then all of them were then spinning up some kind of quite deep depression in varying positions at different times so it became clear that was going to happen somewhere and then obviously in the, in the days leading into that then that became sharper in terms of the regional focus. You talk about a blocked pattern so Greenland being dominated by high pressure um, and low pressure sitting across Eastern Europe. Did the low pressure only have one way to go? And that was the issue, it slowed down and that's why we got so much rain. That's right, much of the time in winter when we have a very strong mobile or zonal pattern where the strong jet which points from west to east and systems run across the UK very quickly so they do their damage over quite a short period of time and then they're gone. Because the pattern's so blocked with a lot of the blocking up towards Greenland and a big upper trough just to the east of the UK, this system once it's spun up and it is the case now, it's only very slowly running out into the North Sea so it's slow progress southwest to northeast across the UK just prolonged the duration of the rainfall event and then of course led to the snow on the northwest flank as the colder air filtered in as well. Chief Forecaster Paul Gunderson. Flooding across northern England and Wales has had a devastating effect this week. Communities were evacuated, homes and businesses flooded out. So how much rain are we talking about here? Here's Marco Patania, Senior Meteorologist here at the Met Office. So, Marco, we've spoken to the chief forecaster about the broader picture of Christoph, but actually the minutiae comes down to really the topography of the UK and where the low pressure system sat. 
That's right. The hills of Wales and of northwest England allowed air to be forced upwards, and this helped to enhance the rainfall that we saw over the last few days. And between Tuesday and Thursday, parts of Wales saw 188 millimetres of rain. That's more than a month's worth. In fact, about six or seven weeks' worth of rain. The average for January for Wales being about 135 millimetres, so well in excess of a month's worth of rain. That was just in Wales, but parts of Lancashire too. Bolton, for example, in Lancashire saw 152 millimetres of rain in just those two days so well in excess of a month's worth of rain explain to me how that then translates to communities because obviously the rain hits the higher ground but then it must dissipate around that so it spreads out you know north south east and west depending on the lowest point so why do communities suffer so much like say hebden bridge and buxton and in fact manchester this time Particularly so with areas downstream of the, the high ground, obviously the water on the hills is falling down into the river tributaries and, and those rivers take some time. There's a bit of a lag often between the rainfall, the heavy rainfall event occurring and the effects seen downstream. So um, this time last year, we were just about to enter one of the, the fifth wettest month ever recorded in the UK. February 2020 was, I think, up there in the top five since 1884. You've been forecasting all month. January has been a particularly wet month again, hasn't it? With the storm coming in on already saturated ground after weeks of very wet weather through January and before that too and obviously combining with a lot of snow melt we saw some pretty cold weather across the UK in recent weeks too so the combination of heavy rain as Christoph came in falling on already saturated ground and combining with snow melt just added to the problems we're seeing at the moment. That was senior meteorologist Marco Patania. As well as rain, Christoph brought heavy snow and severe gales to Scotland from midweek. Matthew Rowe, senior meteorologist at the Met Office Aberdeen, has been monitoring conditions. Can Scotland cope with this amount of snow? Because when the warnings were issued on Tuesday and Wednesday, they were talking sort of 30, 40 centimetres. That's a lot of snow. That's right, Claire. Um, But having said that, Scotland is very well prepared for this kind of weather in the winter particularly uh, through the southern uplands and, and the uh, the highlands where, you know, these kind of snowfall amounts are not that unusual, to be fair. You might see them a few times every winter. I mean, local authorities and Transport Scotland always have the roads pretty well covered, clearing of snow and, and roads gritted and so on. So this winter particularly, uh, probably ice has been the more of a problem across western parts of Scotland instead of snow. How dangerous are blizzards? Very dangerous. I mean... You know, you don't have to go too far high up in Scotland to, you know, really meet some quite atrocious conditions. Even modest elevations of a thousand feet, you can run into deep snow and very strong winds and that snow will be drifting and you could quite easily get caught in your vehicle. It'd be very difficult to dig it out if you do run into a, a snow drift and so forth. So quite often in Scotland, we see lorries getting stuck on hills in snowy weather and the traffic gets stuck behind it. And that's potentially if that happens overnight, that could be quite a, a dangerous situation as well. Let's talk about avalanches very briefly. We have talked to you before about avalanches on Weather Snap, but it is a real issue um, across the higher ground of Scotland. At the moment, the air is quite cold, and as we head in towards the weekend and the first part of next week, it's going to remain quite cold as well. The risk of avalanche is probably quite small, but once the air becomes milder and we start to see more in the way of rain and snow falling, there's a good risk of deep snow beginning to fall off the mountains, as it were, and you know, generating a much higher avalanche risk. So... So advice currently, if you are stepping outside, probably not worth trekking over the highlands of Scotland. 
if you're going out, which uh, is questionable at this point, um, <laughs> there probably is quite a lot of deep snow across the Scottish Highlands at the moment. And like I say, there's always going to be a risk of avalanches, particularly when you've got deep snow and certainly rising temperatures during the daytime. Matt Rowe, thank you very much. So will the ground have time to recover from all the recent snow and rain? Here with the latest details for the weekend and into next week, senior meteorologist Alex Deacon. Some relief from the rainfall, at least through the weekend. It is easing off in terms of heavy rainfall, but the flood risk does persist. And the big hazard this weekend will be with wintry weather, snow and ice. There are Met Office yellow warnings in place for Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be a cold weekend, a widespread frost on Saturday morning with showers in the west, Northern Ireland, Western Scotland, Northwest England, North Wales. Here, those showers will be a wintry mix, hail, sleet and snow at times, even to low levels. Elsewhere, generally a dry start on Saturday, some places seeing some sunshine, but the showers will move a bit further east through the day over the Midlands, parts of eastern England. And again, a wintry mix in those showers, some places could see a little bit of snow falling. Quite quickly on Saturday evening, the temperatures drop again. So another hard frost again, that brings the potential for icy conditions. And then on Sunday, an area of low pressure waddling in from the Atlantic, bringing moisture. And as that moisture hits the cold air, well, it does bring the potential for some snow. Now, there's quite a bit of uncertainty about this weather feature, exactly where it'll be, exactly how it engages with the cold air. But there is the potential for some heavier snowfall over parts of Wales, the Midlands, southern England and East Anglia on Sunday. The Met Office has a warning in place for that. We could, in a few spots, see a few centimetres. But I must stress, there is quite a bit of uncertainty about whether it's rain, sleet or snow and how much we see. So make sure you keep up to date with the very latest forecast and the latest weather warnings. Once that's cleared through, it uh, gets cold again on Sunday night. A frosty start to the new week. And then the potential for things to turn milder next week, but also the risk of further heavy rain. So the weather's going to keep us on our toes for the foreseeable future. Thank you, Alex. Now over to Martin Bowles for last week's highs and lows. Here are last week's weather extremes, measured between Monday the 11th of January and Sunday the 17th of January. Wales wins the prize for the mildest weather, 11.9 Celsius was recorded at Butte Park in Cardiff on Friday the 15th. The coldest spot was in England, where minus 11.8 Celsius was observed at Ravensworth in Yorkshire in the early hours of Friday the 15th. The sunniest place was Bulmer on the Northumberland coast. There were 6.2 hours of sunshine here on Tuesday the 12th. Buxton in the Derbyshire Peak District had the highest daily rainfall. 42.7 millimetres was measured here on Wednesday the 13th. Thanks, Martin. That's it for WeatherSnap. I'm Claire Nazir and producer is Adrian Holloway. WeatherSnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.